when you're thinking about this for your brand and, and for getting your personal brand in a more powerful position to make an impact on the world, you need something that's going to attract people your way. You need a platform in which to tell your story and, and make people understand who you are, what you do, where you want to take people and how you plan to get them there. While this show is about growing your business by having your own podcast, there is another podcasting tool I love to talk about, and that is being a guest on other people's podcasts. It is an awesome tool for building your business and for growing your own show. I am thrilled to be talking about this topic with my guest today, Jason Sircone. Jason is a podcast branding strategist, author, and experienced podcaster. He helps value-driven coaches and consultants establish authority and become thought leaders in their niche through strategic, impactful podcast guest appearances. He is also the voice of Evolution of Brand, a podcast featuring authentic stories and strategies from brand building professionals designed to help you grow your personal brand and succeed in your professional pursuits. Welcome, Jason. I am so happy you're here today. Kelly, I am so glad and so happy to be joining you this morning. This is going to be a lot of fun and it's great to connect with you and get an opportunity to speak with your awesome audience today. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, they are in for a treat with this conversation. Good. Let's so you have one of the tightest niches I have ever seen an entrepreneur have. Helping wow. coaches and consultants establish authority and become a thought leader in their niche mm -hmm. as a value-driven podcast guest. I love it. <laughs> so my first question is, what do you mean when you say value-driven podcast guest? Well, first off, I appreciate the kind words. I'm, I'm still in that mindset and process of still trying to niche down as tightly as possible. So <gasps> in my opinion, I still feel like there's some work to do, but it's good to know that someone sees that I'm on the right track because that's oh my riches in the niches, as Pat Flynn says. So absolutely, there's a lot to be gained if you do this right and you find a real tight focus. But to define a value-driven podcast guest, that's somebody that's showing up to a podcast as a guest for the right reasons. And when I say that, I mean, many people look at this platform for whatever reason. I don't know where this approach came to somebody and said, oh, yeah, this is what you do. They, they treat it as a sales transaction, and they feel like they need mm -hmm. to make their guest appearance strictly to go into sales mode and to promote their book, to promote their course, to promote their product or service. And they spend the whole time as if the platform is an infomercial. Podcast consumers aren't listening to podcasts to be sold to for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. They're tuning in because they want to gain some new perspectives. They want to get some education. They want to be entertained. Here are some good stories. And when somebody resonates with the audience members, they can then make the decision to say, this is a person that I want to get more from. I'm going to jump over to their website. I'm going to follow their call to action. I'm going to get more value. And when they enter into your orbit, now you have this great opportunity to continue to provide value and nurture them much like you would do any other lead that would enter into your funnel. This approach allows you to do so in a more genuine value-driven way. And it 
in essence, removes sales from the equation because you're selling without selling. You're putting your value first. You're being a resource. You're serving as an asset to the podcaster that's creating this content. And as your message amplifies and more people hear it, when it hits the right people, they're going to respond by entering into your world. So as a podcast guest, you need to be rooted in value. And that's how I define value driven. I totally agree. Nobody wants to come on and listen to an infomercial. You are so right there. And unfortunately, at one of my other podcasts, I had a couple of guests come on and I tell people ahead of time, no selling during the heart of the episode. Mm -hmm. It's okay to mention examples of people you've worked with, you know, client examples when talking about tips that you're giving, you know, that's, that's really helpful to give examples, but no outright selling. Mm -hmm. And these two different guests were doing nothing but selling. And at that point, that was sort of early on in my show. And so I didn't just stop the interview to remind them. Yeah. I kept asking other questions to guide them away from that, to guide them back into generalities. And it just didn't work. So I didn't publish the episodes. And I told them later yeah. that, you know, you were selling the whole time. Mm. So I can't publish it. I, you did the right thing. And that's where it, it comes down to whether you want to compromise the integrity of your content. If you have that type of episode, and I think all podcasters, at least in this business setting of podcasting, have experienced this. Right. Somebody goes into sales mode and you try your best to break them out of it by asking leading questions that will bring them into a more general realm of conversation, but they'll go right back into the sales pitch. They might answer your question briefly, but then it's right back into the pitch, and it's just incredibly hard to get the content to go the direction you want. So many podcasters would follow your lead, Kelly, and do exactly what you did, just not air the episode. And what that ends right. up doing is being nothing more than a waste of time for everyone. And it's smart because you don't, you know, your audience doesn't want to tune in and hear an infomercial. And if they do, they might say, well, this is not what I want. I'm done. And they may never come back. So you risk losing right. listeners if you were to air that episode. So right. it's incredibly smart to understand when you show up as the guest, it's not to be a salesperson, it's to be a valuable resource. It's, it's the best platform for showcasing your expertise and giving people a reason to follow you so they can take that next step in the process. I think we live in a world where we are so quick to get to that end goal that we forget about all the things we can learn in the journey along the way. And business does not take place in that type of at that type of speed. It's all about building a good relationship, nurturing that person, giving them value constantly to when they're ready to make a buying decision, you're front of mind. Mm -hmm. And that's the sales approach. And that was that's how you would use this platform as a sales platform or as, as a sales tool. But right, right. Outright sales should not be part of it because it's more than likely going to turn most listeners off. Right. And most hosts ask at the end, who do you work yeah. with? What do you do? How can people find you to work with you? I ask that at the end every single time mm -hmm. because I want to promote my hosts. I want my listeners to find you mm -hmm. and work with you. 
So why do you think so many, I I don't know if it's so many, but yeah, certainly uh, new guests make that mistake of, of selling during the actual heart of the interview. That's one of the biggest things to remember is that if you do a good job and you understand what the podcaster's expectations are, and this is something that I teach because I feel it's incredibly valuable. And as a podcaster, I understand the plight of a podcaster and and how much work goes into producing these episodes week after week. And we're all a little nuts because we go through this strenuous process of putting a podcast episode together. And then we just start the process all over again and do it the next week and so on and so forth. But coming in as a guest, if you don't understand that plight, you don't have the respect that you need. And and therefore you may go into that sales mode thinking that you have to be in performance mode. You have to show up and use this little tight window to get your spiel out. And that's really what it's not all about. And I think what, you know, to answer your question, I think what does put people in that mindset is that they feel like it's a performance. They're not treating it as a one-on-one conversation because when it all begins, that's all this is. That's why I feel podcasts are the greatest networking platform on the planet because you're getting an opportunity to connect with a like-minded professional that in many other cases, you may not have had that opportunity. Now you're on a level playing field and all you're doing is having a conversation. You get to share ideas, share insights, and collaborate on something that's going to impact the audience when it goes live. But in that moment, it's nothing more than a simple conversation. So if you come into it with that mindset, it's going to be more relaxed and it may remove that thought of I've got to perform and I've got to show up and I've got to close a sale today and thus make for more engaging content. That's going to serve you in a much better way, because as you said, I show up and I provide value to your audience. You're going to do the selling for me because you're going to tell your audience why they need to follow my call to action. Go check out his website. Go check out her website, buy her book, whatever the case may be, because I did my part to help you build great content that helps you grow your show. So having the right mindset and bringing that to the table, it allows you to sell without selling, as I said, but Ultimately, just be a valuable resource that people want to turn to. That's how you establish thought leadership. Mm -hmm. And being a guest on the show is essentially an endorsement Mm -hmm. because hosts are picky about whom they have on their show. Yeah, I agree. So being on there is in many ways the host recommending you. Absolutely. That's I I look at anytime you land a guest appearance, it's because the host or the producers of that show looked at the information that you submitted through a presentation or they found you online and they liked what you're doing to the point where they reached out to you. That says a lot that says that your messaging is in the right place. And a, a big thing that I recommend to everybody is that you go on podcasts that align with your objectives. If you're going to make guest appearances, it doesn't make sense to go on shows that aren't in your arena because your message won't resonate and you're ultimately, you're getting practice, but it's not practice. It's going to truly serve you. Right. So finding shows that align with your objectives will allow you to communicate with the right audience and have that networking piece work for you in a lot better way. 
because you're connecting mm-hmm. with someone that's like-minded and you get to have this powerful conversation on the front end. So yeah. understanding that this is there's a process and there's a strategy involved. It's going to allow you to be more successful with everything that you're doing in this space. But the end result is coming from the powerful conversation and how it starts right here in the moment. Absolutely. Totally agree. So I want to back up for just a sec back to this niche that you have. Hmm. Why did you pick it? because it is really unique it 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 seems like something you're really passionate about oh it 100 is for me i mean the whole i, I started with podcasting and, and doing my own show and as my time in the space evolved i i had someone reach out to me and ask if i could help him launch a podcast and that was a light bulb moment for me because i realized that there are probably others that need that same type of assistance so started working with him and then I started connecting with others and that's how things took off. And in doing that, I had podcast booking agencies, which honestly, I did not even realize were a thing. It, I, I wasn't in that, that world thinking about it in that realm. I was doing a lot of the legwork myself for my shows and I had a very niche podcast before. So I was, re- I, it was in the beer community. So I was reaching out to people in that world. So, I just knew from all the groups that I was a part of that I had a pretty deep pool of talent that I could pull from. So when these agencies started reaching out, I, I, I started looking I'm like, first I thought it was a, a, a scam. I didn't realize what was going on, <laughs> but then I looked up and I was like, wow, this is a legit company and they're looking to get their people placed on shows. This is great. So I started talking with those guests a little bit more as I would get them booked for my clients. And a couple of them did come on my shows as well. And just, learning more about how that whole process worked and and learning from them that they were using podcasting to grow their brand, to get their message out to a wider base, to meet new people. I thought this is, there's really something to this. And Mm -hmm. what I was noticing as I dug into it a little deeper was a few gaps that really were in some ways hindering the success that a person could have. And one of those was training. And as I did research, I only found a handful of these organizations that were offering some type of training to get their guests prepared. The service was more, we're going to get you booked and you're going to go do an interview and you're going to do your thing. And that's fine. (sighs) But I also feel there's so much more to it because there's a lot of meat on this bone. And if you Mm -hmm. truly understand all of the different aspects that go into your podcast guest appearance, you can get more from it. In many ways, you can monetize your interviews before they go live Mm. because you're not just showing up to do a 30 second or I'm sorry, 30 minute presentation, 45 minute presentation. You're actually cultivating a new relationship with that podcaster. And again, if you bring value to the mic and you help them build content that grows their show, you're holding up your end. It's much easier to ask if they know anybody in their circle that might need your, your services. Maybe they know a few podcasters where you could go on their show and make an impact. It's much easier to start going that direction because you're a source of value. And if a podcaster wants to help you out because you help them, you've got a great relationship underway and who knows where that can go. So, I I discovered that there's probably more to be done on the training and to get people fully prepared and then sticking by their side 
to make sure mm. they're getting the most from each experience because it takes time. Mm. You got to get better at your craft. You don't just show up to yeah. the first interview and hit a grand slam or have a hole in one to pull a sports metaphor into things. Right. <laughs> Maybe you get lucky, but that's really, it's, it's all about developing a skill set that can serve you for the long term and you get better at telling your story. You get more confident in your voice. Those types of skills translate to other areas and aspects of your life professionally and personally. So there's a lot to be gained from learning these fundamental skills and then taking them to the mic. So that was where I felt I could fill the role of helping people find the right shows to be guests on, but mm -hmm. also prepare them for the best possible experience so they get maximum ROI. So that was where it all started. And I continue to cultivate this each and every day because the podcast world is changing, constantly evolving as well. I feel it's my responsibility yeah. to stay on the cutting edge so I can help everybody excel to the best of their ability. Mm, that's excellent. And I tell you, so many of the agencies, like I have agencies reaching out to me all the time, uh, proposing guests to be on my shows. Uh, mm -hmm. And they tend to reach out saying, hello, Angela, love your show. I've got someone who will be a perfect guest. First of all, yes, my full name is Angela Kelly Smith, but I write in the description for both of them Kelly. that I go by Kelly. Mm -hmm. So first of all, read that and figure out what to how to address me. Second of all, name the show. Even if someone has only one show, name the show. Yeah to show that you really are personalizing. Mm -hmm. the, and we'll get into how to approach in a minute, but this is just, this is such a passionate topic for me. Yeah, How to approach a host, get their name right, yeah. tell them the their show, and so many more. Okay, I won't go into all of that now, but agencies don't do it right either. Yeah. And it pisses me off, Yeah, you know? Yes. Having guests on my show is really helpful, but you're not the end all be all. Not you. The the agents, Oh, I understand. You know, yeah, I understand what you're saying. They aren't the end all be all. They aren't making my day. Mm -hmm. You know? That, and and most of the time they're really bothersome. I will say and this is not to throw a blanket over all of them because some do a great job. No. Some don't. Right. Some are very spray and pray and you also, in addition to getting your name right in the show, obviously huge, in my opinion, I, I've had that before. I'm like, you know, I'll get requests that mix it up with a show that I haven't done in over a year. Like, really? How, how did you make that miss? But right. it is what it is. But you hit on something that I feel needs to be reverse engineered. It's this thought that in having no actual physical contact with me whatsoever, you understand who the perfect guest is for my show. Right. That's where that's where and whenever I see that, it immediately throws up a red flag. How do you know yeah. that this person right. is perfect for me? Now, yeah. you may have looked at my show profile and maybe even listened to some content, but it doesn't mean that this person is perfect. Now, yeah. this is something I would like to see more of, and I never have. And Kelly, maybe you have, and you can tell me. I'm assuming by the way that your your demeanor right now you you will not have had this experience but if i'm wrong please tell me i think it's it makes much more sense that if i find a podcast 
instead of just firing off a one sheet in this little letter of recommendation for the person I'm representing, I say, Hey, Kelly, I found your podcast. And of course, say it by name. I, I, I found the mm-hmm. podcast launch pad. Love what you're doing. I work with some people that I feel would be a good fit for your show. Would you be willing to jump mm-hmm. on a call with me real quick so I can learn more about what your expectations are and the type of content oh, you're trying to gosh. build? Has that ever happened? Oh. Have you ever had that type of interaction with an agency? No. Exactly. Oh, wouldn't that be and, nice? And that's, it, it wouldn't take long. And that's something that I'm building because I'm looking at this asset of having a fully vetted podcast directory that maybe if I sell someday, this is a valuable asset that can be factored in. Not thinking, not yeah. saying that's my plan right now, just thinking down the road. But yeah. at the meat of it, that is so much more valuable because now you're actually taking time to learn what that podcaster is trying to accomplish. Once you have an understanding of that, now you can look at the people that you're working with and say, okay, this person's a fit. I'm going to send them Kelly's way. And you'll know that if I'm recommending this person, I've looked at this from both sides. It's not just this assumption that they're perfect for you. We've talked and I know what you want to accomplish. Therefore, this person would work for you. Maybe this person over here won't. So I won't waste your time with that. I'm going to point them towards a show that makes more sense for them because the objective here is that everybody wins. Yes. But I know the agency's main objective is to get a person booked by any means necessary. And this is really what triggered it for me. A company advertises that they're getting their people booked on top rank podcasts, yet I was getting outreach and the show that I was building was for a client that had a show that was out, it was out for a month. Mm-hmm. So they weren't top ranked. Mm-hmm. And again, if, if that's how you're marketing, okay, but there's a disconnect there because now yeah. this person is investing in the service and now they're getting booked on a brand new show. That's not top ranked. Now, no. perhaps behind the scene, there's a conversation taking place of, listen, we're going to shoot for the top ranked shows, but we, there's also value in the smaller shows because there absolutely is. If that conversation is taking place, good, because it needs to take place. And that's one of the big myths and misconceptions about this approach is that you have to get on the biggest show in the world. And no, there's, there's so much value in those smaller audiences. As long as the content aligns with your objectives and you can make a meaningful, impactful appearance, you can get a lot in return from that. But for me, that's, those were, I mean, to summarize this whole little spiel we've gone on here, that's the big gap that I see is there's not enough interpersonal communication amongst the agencies and the podcasters to truly understand what each individual podcaster is trying to accomplish. And that's something that I'm trying, that, that's a gap that I'm trying to bridge to coin a phrase. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is awesome. And yeah, no, no agency has ever done that with me. And they will pitch guests to me whose companies, clients are, so the guests they're pitching, the guest has a company that works with clients whose companies are valued in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so their clients are not my listeners. Yeah. I state very clearly in my podcast description for the other one that they tend to pitch me for the marketing chat podcast, which I'm phasing out. Mm -hmm. 
my listeners are solo entrepreneurs and freelancers and small businesses. Yeah. These guests they're pitching have no business coming on my show because my listeners will not become their clients. Right. And I tell them that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you did not do your research. Yeah. You read marketing in the title of my podcast and then got in touch. And yeah, and said, perfect guest for you. Yeah. You know? And you're right. I, I don't know where the research begins and ends in a lot of these cases. I, I can tell you a good story. You and I, we connected because of Podmatch. It's funny we live in the same city, but it was Podmatch yeah. that brought us together. The value of Podmatch, yeah. right? Exactly. But I had an interaction on there because I use that service religiously to find guest appearances. And I had reached out to a show that looked great. Uh, it's, it was, uh, gosh, why is it for uh, too legitimate to quit is the name of the show with Annie Ruggles. Oh. It's a phenomenal show. She and Annie is nice. awesome. And I was going through her profile as I found this show and she had a little assignment at the bottom. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you had to answer a couple questions that would be very in, in, indicative of why you would be the right person for her to bring on the show. And when she responded after I did that, she was blown. She's like, thank you so much for actually taking the time to do what I ask, because so many people will just send me these blanket pitches and not actually answer the questions that I want to have answered. So thank you for doing yeah. your due diligence. And to me, I'm like, this seems boilerplate. This seems like yeah. what you should be doing every single time. If a person asks you to answer question A and question B, and that's going to make or break whether they bring you on the show, you damn well better do it. But yeah. so many people are just in this mode of firing off recommendations for themselves or for their clients that they're not doing the due diligence that will open up the opportunities that truly make somebody right. win. And like you said, Kelly, if you've got people coming on your show that have this message that is so far above the people that you're speaking to, again, wasting everybody's time. It makes no sense right. to do that. So that research on the front end is enormous. And under, again, this comes back to what I said a few moments ago, understanding what that podcaster is looking to accomplish and having a note of it makes yes. so much more sense than just firing off recommendations and hoping they say yes. Yeah. And this is for individual guests as well. If you're pitching yourself mm -hmm. personally, not going through an agency, and whether you're using Podmatch or doing it organically on your own, you have to research what that podcast is about and who their listener is. So let's let's talk first about why guesting is so powerful, especially, you know, boosting authority, becoming a thought leader. Mm -hmm. And then let's get into how to approach what mistake we just talked about what mistakes people make <laughs> <laughs> but so then how to approach and how to take advantage of being there you know how to leverage that power so because we've already sort of jumped into some of that yeah. but so let's back up and and discuss why guesting is so powerful the opportunities that arise and, and really just the benefits from being a value-driven podcast guest are and it's enormous. The list goes on and on. Grow your know, like, and trust factor. Connect with a like-minded individual and have high-level networking experiences. Mm -hmm. Amplify your message on a global scale. We talked about establishing that authority. It's incredibly important. Becoming a thought leader. One of the big benefits is SEO and visibility. Yes. 
the number of times your link starts showing up on all of these different websites, it, it gives people, it, I mean, not even just people, it triggers the algorithm that you are in demand and, and, and people want to know more about you. So you start to get more organic visibility on search engines. In addition yeah. to search backlinks. engines, ba the backlinks are huge. In addition to that, if you go and search your name or you could search my name on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, now you've got this list of all these different shows. So there's social proof that many podcasts want to feature me because I'm bringing something to the table that adds value to their portfolio. Yeah. So when you're thinking about this for your brand and, and for getting your personal brand in a more powerful position to make an impact on the world, you need something that's going to attract people your way. You need mm -hmm. a platform in which to tell your story and, and, make people understand who you are, what you do, where you want to take people and how you plan to get them there. Yeah. And this platform without question, it's, it's all about telling great stories. There are many podcasts that don't have that conversational impact because so many guests get wrapped up in a bullet point list of questions that they have to ask or else it's not a successful endeavor. No, right. for me, it's all about the co the conversation that we have and, and, and letting things flow organically. And if you have some questions in front of you, great, but you don't have to ask all of them. No one else will ever right. know you had those questions in front of you. Exactly. So yes, tying all of this together, when you approach this with respect, and when I say respect, what I mean is me as a guest, I have to respect what you're looking to obtain or looking to achieve as a podcaster. Most times it's growing a show and, and communicating to your audience with valuable content in a way that's going to make them become more loyal to you. Maybe they're looking to do business with you, but the more they listen to your podcast, they get more entrenched in your message and your ability to help them. If I can be a helping resource in that plight, I'm going to do it. And I have to respect that that's what you're looking to achieve. You as the podcaster have to respect that me as a guest, I'm borrowing your platform for a few minutes to amplify my message as well, but it's not in a selfish way. This right. is all a collaborative. It's a collaborative effort where the two of us can come together and make some magic happen and, and truly yes. make an impact. That's what podcast guesting and podcasting as a whole is all about. So having this understanding of what the platform is all about, what it can bring to your life, it gives mm -hmm. you, a more solid foundation on which to build on. And then from there, all of those benefits and even more that we haven't covered yet are all in play. And it's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. You're right. Just the magic mm -hmm. happens. And I, I am going to second that. I do want guests to remember that the hosts are also trying to build their authority mm -hmm. and their thought leadership even when they have guests on yep. and the hosts do absolutely or you know most of them know that the guest is there to boost their authority and thought leadership yep. and so it is best done when it is a conversation mm -hmm. and not just the host asking boom 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 bullet point questions and the guest just answering you know and sticking to an outline mm -hmm. that's set in stone yep. those are not fun right and they don't 
really highlight, I mean, they don't highlight the expertise of the host at all because it's not a conversation. And they don't really showcase the guest in the best light possible either. Not at all. Do they? No, yeah. no, not at all. Again, it, it, you can go both ways. I mean, you can be a podcast host. You can be a podcast guest. You can hybrid, which that's what yeah. I do. I'm a host and I'm a guest because I, I right. believe so powerfully in what this platform can deliver. But again, if you don't appreciate what the other person is trying to achieve in establishing their authority, becoming a thought leader, you, you can't create content with a synergistic mindset because so it, there's, there's two different objectives in play and you're just butting heads. I, yeah. I've come on and I want to sell, but you don't want me right. to sell. So we're already right. clashing right. or <laughs> I'm hoping to have a good conversation. And every time I give a point that might stimulate a follow-up so we can talk, you just say, that's great. And you move on to the next question. So right. this can all be nipped in the bud by doing some research on the front end and listening yes. to a podcast that someone has put out before you even reach out to them because yes. you, you can learn very quickly if it's for you. And I preach that to everybody. Do not reach out until you have an understanding of whether it's for you, because you know, there, there could be, I, I've heard this happen. And if you're, if you're quick on your feet, you can navigate around this, but sometimes hosts just can't help but interrupt you. Mm -hmm. And if, you don't like that, you're not going to have a good time. But if right, you don't go on exactly, and if you listen to that show ahead of time, you'll know this is how they operate. Maybe this isn't the right environment for me. Okay. So you can avoid it altogether. So yep. again, having respect for what each side wants to accomplish. And this can be done through a simple conversation before you start recording. Maybe you have an early discovery call. Maybe you talk through text, whatever. As long as there's some pre-communication beforehand, you can get a clear understanding of what you each want to achieve, and it's going to make for a better product. And at the end of the day, that end product is what's a, what it's all about, because when the consumer hears it, they're going to listen and say, yep, this podcast is great. I want more of this. Now, mm -hmm. what happens is they start listening to more episodes in the catalog. They get invested in that podcast. So you as the podcaster start to grow, but the most important thing that happens is they start telling others to listen. Yeah. So if you have 50 people in your audience, many podcasters look at that number and go, oh, it's just not big enough. Big enough is a very, very arbitrary number right. in this space. Right. But if you've got 50 people and all 50 turn around to one person, now you've yeah. got 100. And right. exponential growth, it's a beautiful thing. That's our math lesson for today, folks. But yeah, that's where it's at. And you have to get in that mindset of that's the type of content you're creating. Yep. And a question that I like to pose is, would you go give a talk to a room of 50 people? Oh, absolutely. The yes. Best question. Yes, you would. Absolutely. Yeah. I always say if those of 50 course. people showed up at your house and yeah. you're having a party, would you look past them for the other 100,000 that haven't arrived yet? Or would you show them a good time? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's great. All right. You were talking about, oh, uh, listener centric. That is something to keep in mind mm -hmm. that the best hosts always keep the listener front of mind, yes. that the listener is the heart of the show. Mm -hmm. And so as a guest, that's, to me, that's 
a key part of what being a value-driven guest is, Mm -hmm. is also keeping the listener in mind. And so when approaching a host about being on the show, when researching the shows, when being on the show, keeping the listener in mind is really essential, isn't it? Oh, 1,000%. This... It's an unwritten golden cardinal rule of podcasting. It's all about the listener because they are going to dictate the success of your podcast. And the more successful a podcast gets as a guest, that's more ears on your message. So you should be rooting for that. You want that podcast to grow because you want more people to hear you because your guest appearance could serve you months, years down the road. As long as that podcaster is continuing to build their show and promote it and be loyal to their audience, it sets you up for more opportunities as that show grows as well. And if you don't have the listener experience in mind as you're building the show or as you're making a guest appearance on the show, forget it. You're dead in the water. I I speak from experience. I think back to the very first podcast I ever did and we had some episodes that I look back and I just shudder because I actually Mm. put them out there and Mm. it was a beer podcast. So I felt like we got, maybe got a little bit more of a pass, Mm. but they were shit shows. (laughs) I mean, they were, there was not all of them, but a couple of them. Right, right, right. And I remember one in particular, we were at a big festival doing uh, not like live, like a live stream that you would put out on to the internet. We were just doing it live in person with all these different people. And we were, just completely toasted. Like we drinking beer and whiskey and it was a mess. And at any point throughout our recording, there were three or four different conversations taking place on three or four different microphones in the moment. As we recorded that we had a blast right next day. I go to edit and it was a disaster. And I learned over time as I thought back, I was like, this was great for us, but the listener experience on this had to be, horrible. Mm. And that was when it hit me that I'm not creating this content for me. If I want to have that type of fun, turn the mics off and just Mm. let it unfold. Live your life. When you're creating content, you've got to be much more serious about it. And that Mm. was the rule that I started applying to everything that I did going forward that in the moment, it's all about what I can create for my audience. That's going to impact them, entertain them, give them what they showed up for so they can get more invested in what I'm doing and continue to come Mm -hmm. back for more. So having that mentality as a guest and as a host, it's going to make for a much better product that people can sink their teeth into. Absolutely. All right. So researching shows, Mm -hmm. we discussed making sure that you like the style of the show that the host doesn't interrupt, making sure that they aren't just sticking to the outline and not having a discussion, making sure that their ideal listener overlaps with your, like if you are, if it is an information podcast and you're, you're guesting to boost your business and thought leadership and all that, then their ideal listener or their audience needs to overlap with like your ideal client, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. What else should they be looking for? The process that I put into play when I'm looking for podcasts is start off with the aesthetic appeal. And typically when you're doing a search, the first thing that you're going to see is the cover art. 
that's going to hit you and it's either going to draw your eye or it's not. So as a podcaster, it's important to have good looking cover art, not something that looks like it was whipped together in Microsoft Paint. Use use Canva. You can get a free Canva account and design something that looks very professional or you can go the route of hiring a professional. There are many services out there that will put a cover together for you for not much money. It's a small investment, but it's a big investment in the grand scheme of things because that's the first impression. Yes, I look at show title as well. Are people clever? Are are they actually trying to build something that has a clear message when it grabs somebody's attention? That's another step. But clear over clever. Yeah, I mean, and it can be both. I think ideally it'll be both. Yeah, sometimes you can get real punny and be good at it. Yeah. Sometimes it can be overkill, but that's, and these aren't all like deal breakers for me, but I, the the cover art is usually, it's an indicator of how much TLC is being put into this show. Yeah. So once we get past that, if it's grabbed my attention, click on it and start looking through some of the titles. Now, do these titles have good names? Are they, do they have a hook or is it just the person's name? Because I'm (sighs) not good. That's what I'm saying. For me, I'm not famous. So you putting my name in your list isn't going to serve anybody. Somebody okay. sees that and I go, who's this guy? But if you, I like the guest name in there, oh, yeah. but not only the guest. Exactly. Name. No. Okay. Let me right. put a caveat on that. Yes. Like say like yeah. hook with Jason Sircone. Right. To me, you've got to give, give that person a reason to listen. And it's not my name. Yeah. Now, if they are looking for ways to amplify their brand as a podcast guest, and that's the hook. And they see that, they okay, I'm going to listen to this because maybe this guy has some advice for me. Mm-hmm. My whole goal is I, I want people to hear my message and I want them to hear it on your show. That's why I'm making yeah. a guest appearance. So start, I, I look at- But people, but like listeners aren't going to click on a podcast episode with only the guest name unless it's like Oprah or Michelle Obama. Exactly. And, and they need yeah. an episode title. Yep. Exactly. And and that's the thing, like for most podcasts, I mean, the vast majority, people are showing up for the content, not the host. You know, exactly. the, the polar opposite of that might be Joe Rogan because he's very famous and people will show up because right. it's Joe Rogan right. and he brings on people with big names. So they may just see that person's name and say, okay, I know that person. I want to listen. But again, that's the extreme example for most right. of us podcasters on the smaller scale. It's not about our name. It's about our message and it's about the impact that we're delivering through our content. So it's got to have a good title. If they're just naming with, or just naming an episode with a name, then probably not for me. Then I'll listen and I'll take a look at, as I'm listening, I'll also look at what kind of presence they have outside of their podcast. Are they promoting on social media? Do they have a website? Do they announce somewhere that they have an email list that they promote the show to just, I need to know how they're going to promote me when my episode goes live. And then as I'm listening, I'm also not just listening for the flow of the conversation. I'm listening for sound quality. Is everything mic'd up? Well, are there a lot of distractions? Have they tried to nip that in the bud where they tell their person be in front of a computer, have a a microphone, headphones, no notifications turned on, turn all your devices off. If you have the habit of touching your device as you're talking, put it in another room so you can give that person your undivided attention. Those are just a couple yeah. ground rules for my show, but yes, it makes for the most professional end product. And that's what we're trying to develop here. So if you're going to be a guest, give your time to that person for the time they ask, because they're going to do everything in their power to build a piece of content 
that's going to make them look good, of course, but also make you look good. And you are a key contributor to the content within that episode. And if a podcaster is truly invested in what they're doing, you damn well better believe they're going to put a lot of love into making that episode sound great. One thing I didn't mention that I always look at on the front end, and this is first, after I get the attention grabs me from the cover art, are they still producing content? Oh, God. It's yes. a no brainer if they're not producing because <laughs> some shows have pod faded and meaning they've gone away. If they're not right. producing content, it makes no sense to go any further in that process. I mean, unless you Absolutely. unless you want to find a new show to listen to. But right. if you're looking for right. guest appearances, you can end that journey pretty quickly if they're not doing it. I do a 30 day window. Okay. And if it looks interesting, maybe I'll come back or if they put a note saying we're on hiatus, we'll be back. I'll just make a little yeah. note to revisit that whenever they're coming back. But yeah, that's pretty that's much the right. process that I put into play. And it helps because, again, the goal is to find shows that align, not just find mm-hmm. any random show that will have me or anybody I'm working with as a guest. And this process right. has been proven to work. Perfect. That sounds excellent. Okay. And then how do guests leverage, best leverage their appearances? This is something that, I'm Kelly, I'm sure you can attest as a podcaster. One of the biggest gripes we have is that someone shows up, does a great interview, and then you never hear from them again. It's a radio exactly. silence. And yes. now I'm going to throw a twist on this that many podcasters don't think about. First of all, it, it as I'll start with the obvious. If you're making that guest appearance, you need to do something with that content once it goes live, not just because it helps that podcaster, but it's an, it's a, First of all, it's a thank you for having me and giving me your platform to spread my message to your great audience. But it's a missed opportunity if you don't use that content to showcase why you are the expert to your existing audience. Right. They believe in you because maybe they heard you on another podcast. And the more appearances you make, the more you're showcasing that you are the resource that they believed in. Maybe. Hearing that message one last time is what pushes them towards buying from you. Yeah. So if you make and you're borrowing someone else's authority as well. Yeah. And if you and so yeah. Sorry, you go. Well, on. I was gonna say if you got something from that conversation and 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 both sides came together to create great content. Not only are you showcasing how well that went, but you're potentially introducing new listeners to that podcaster. When you do that, the podcaster may bring you back for a second appearance down the road, a third appearance, a fourth appearance. Like you start Mm -hmm. creating these ways of working smarter, not harder, just by taking this content and putting it in front of your existing audience. There's so much to gain from that and so much to lose from not doing that. So this this is the twist that, as I said a few moments ago, I always ask podcasters that complain about this. What was the communication like after the interview ended? Did you have any? Many podcasters will say, well, no, I haven't really talked to them since we recorded six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, whatever the time period is. And that's a mistake. And and, and that's where this can get flipped on its head because as a podcaster, not it, it's it's narrowing this down and understanding that it's more than just the interview itself. It's about cultivating a relationship. Both sides need to do that. So yeah. what I will do, and we're already connected, but my first step whenever I get done with a, a guest appearance is I go connect with that person on LinkedIn. 
because I want to continue to communicate with them in more ways than just having this interview and waiting for it to go live. Right. I can start interacting with their content. I can start talking about how much I enjoyed my guest appearance when you show one of your episodes or when you post one of your episodes. There's so many ways that you can keep the conversation going, but many podcasters are just interested in getting that content recorded. And then when it goes live, they're hoping that the excitement level that they're feeling for that content is still going to be felt by that guest. And many times it's not because they're off to other things. They've got other initiatives that they're building. They've done many other podcast guest appearances and, and it's been a while. And it's been a while. So there's this gap to where yep. it almost makes this transaction. Actually, it doesn't even almost. It does. It makes it very transactional. You have to look at the whole spectrum. And that whole yeah. spectrum involves taking what we're doing today and moving it to a further conversation where we can continue to cultivate this. What I do with my podcast is we have the, the appearance I always say this, and many podcast guests believe this, many podcasters as well. The magic happens in the green room. The green room is what happens before you start recording and what happens after you get done recording because those conversations yeah. is where you start to cultivate things. Yeah. So with my podcast, what I do is have we have those conversations, set the table for what's to come next. I send out a survey asking, listen, give me some feedback on what your guest appearance was like so I can continue mm. to c- build my skill set and make this the most enjoyable experience for any guest that comes on. It'll take you one minute to fill out. It's like three questions. And I let them know it's coming. Three yeah. days later, and this is all automated. I set this up through Calendly. Send another saying, listen, love the value you brought to the show. I'd love the opportunity to reconnect and have a conversation without the task of having to record would you like to connect and we can talk about what we can do next? Let's talk about world domination, whatever, like let's get together and continue talking. And it's optional. If that person really did dig the relationship that we started to build, maybe they're going to take me up on that offer. That's awesome. And in the meantime, I'm also on their social media now and I, and again, pick your network. You don't have to use LinkedIn. That's just where I spend my time. Yeah. And if you're building in a professional environment, that's usually the best place to go, but maybe Instagram is better for you. Well, and wherever you're going to end up sharing yes. the episode, yes. you need to connect on. So for me, it's Instagram and LinkedIn. And when you share, you need to tag them. Yes. And you can't tag them if you haven't followed them or connected with them. Exactly. So these are all steps to cultivating a relationship versus just making a guest appearance or creating right. a podcast episode. It takes it to the next level. And that's what this yeah. is all about, especially if you want to get results from this. You have to yes. think beyond just the interview because expecting the interview to go live and for the world to show up at your feet. That's a fool's errand. My friend, you cannot expect the world to change just because you had an interview go live. You've got to use that as another piece of content that drives your message home. And the more consistently you do that, the more results you'll see. Absolutely. And most podcast guests don't, I mean, hosts, hosts don't do what you do. Yeah. I love all of that that yeah. you just went through. So as a podcast guest, if your host doesn't do that, yeah. you can. Sure can. You can reach out. First of all, email and say thank you. Mm-hmm. I almost never get a thank you. Yeah. And then be the one to reach out and say, I'd love to stay in touch. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out a time to chat. Here's my 
scheduling link, whatever. And yeah, of course, optional, but that would be amazing. Yeah. Like, again, it's all about the relationship that's being cultivated. And the way that I track this, I mean, now I've got a pretty good, I've got it down, but I still have a spreadsheet that I keep track of all of this information just to keep myself accountable. Every podcast guest appearance, I, I, I check off when the time is. Once it's recorded, yes. Have I left a review? Yes, because that's as soon as ooh, we sign off, ooh. that's my first step. And this is an yeah. this is another step that I wish more guests would do. Yes, and it's not even just because it helps us; it helps them. It's more about that we're rooting right. for growth, we're rooting right. for more visibility because that helps our cause as well. So it's not again, it's not selfish, but right. those reviews enhance visibility. They tell the algorithm that people want to hear this podcast. So taking a literally 30 seconds to go leave a quick one or two sentence review about your experience and what the listener will experience when they tune into the show is a game changer. And it's to me a boilerplate thing. It should be. I think it's the, it's just the very first thing you should do. And then the next day I send a thank you, like you said, Kelly, just to again, open up opportunities for maybe reconnecting, but ultimately letting them know that I'm appreciative of the opportunity Mm -hmm. to come on that show and have a great conversation. And then when it goes live, impact the audience in a positive way. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot to, it's a lot, it boils down to just being a good person and being rooted in value as we started this whole conversation off with. And tip for you podcast hosts, you can quote require that your guests share the episode and leave a review. Those are unenforceable. I, I, so it's a request. They are totally unenforceable. What are you going to do? Take the episode down if they don't do those things? Of course not. Exactly. And yeah. and sometimes the most sharing that a guest will do is on Instagram. They're sh- they will share your post as a story. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. No, and that's where, for me, it comes down to Again, why I wanted to build the program that I built and and why I take this more seriously is because this is such valuable content if you use it properly. And again, that episode living on the internet in evergreen form will set you up to be served years down the road. But on the front end, when it's live, you could do so much with it. And it doesn't mean that you have to share it every day, but there are strategies that you can put into place. One thing I do on my email is I will work it into, like if I've done a guest appearance and my message is I do three emails a week and on Wednesdays is where I I try to get granular with something or do a little Mm -hmm. self-promotion or whatever. But if I've got a message and it stemmed from a great conversation that I had on a podcast that just went live, I'll work Mm -hmm. it into the messaging and say, if you're really resonating with this message, I talked about it in much more detail on Kelly's great podcast. Go check it out today and leave a review and let her know how that interview went. Something to that effect. So Isn't that awesome? It's, it's taking the entire experience to a new level because I look at it as I've started to cultivate a relationship with this person. I care mm-hmm. about their results. I want them to grow. I want them to be successful. So the audience that I've built should be paying attention to them as well. So I'm going to do my part to try to push people in that direction. And it's all about building value at the South, at the surface, and then just letting things blossom and sprout from there. Yeah. Beautiful. 
What didn't we talk about that you want to add on here? Man, what didn't we talk about? We really I know. <laughs> we covered a lot. Gotta come up we for air and think lot. about that question for a second. I know. I would and maybe there isn't anything. No, I would I mean there's clearly we could go on and on on a lot of subjects in this space. This is what you do. Yeah, this, so to yeah. compress it into, you know, an hour I know. is yeah, is a lot. But so. I, but to wrap things up in a powerful way, I will say that as a host and as a guest, there there are ways that you can collaborate to make sure that the content comes together in a powerful way. And we talked about those conversations really having the most impact. In order for those to really break out, you as the host have to be thinking on a higher level in regards to the questions that you ask. You can't just ask surface level questions and expect to get profound answers that really captivate a listener. So right. dig a little deeper. Instead of asking an author, tell us about writing your book, ask that same author, tell us about a time that you were in the creative process of writing your book and you were almost done with a chapter and you just hated every part of it. So you almost deleted the whole damn book. Do you have any stories about that? <laughs> I've asked that question a few times and every author laughs and they have something adjacent to that if they don't have something direct. So the direct. objective there is to elicit a powerful response, maybe get them to tell a story that they don't get to tell very often. Yes. Because many times what they'll say is, wow, no one's ever asked me that. Let me tell you a good story. Now you've got your sound clip that you yeah. can put out there because this is breaking news, but it's also more engaging and captivating. So when a listener hears it, they want to stay tuned in and really get invested in what they're hearing. So yeah. think about that as the host and as the guest there, whether you're doing a one sheet, when you reach out to different shows, whether you have a profile on a site like Podmatch or many of the others that are out there, there's always a section for questions that are your either in your wheelhouse. That if you were asked these questions, you could hit a home run with them. If you have that type of space available to you, do not waste it. Do not put as one of those questions, tell us about yourself. I've seen that yeah. on profiles. You're, oh my gosh. <laughs> you're going to get asked that question anyway. Right. Use that space to ask conversation starting questions. Now, not all podcasters will use those questions. Maybe they'll use a few of them. Some may have a good direction of where they want to take their show, so they won't use any. And that's fine. If they know where yeah. they want to go, let them go there. But yeah. you're by doing your part, by providing those questions, if they do need a little assistance in building a pro, uh, profile or building a format that caters to your expertise, now they're asking you questions that when you answer them, it's a powerful response and it could potentially spark that conversation that gets the organic flow going. Yeah. So in regards to podcast creation, think on a higher, more compelling level, and that's going to make your show take off. That's excellent. Love it. All right. Well, I do have a question about your being the co-author of Podmatch <laughs> Guest Mastery, a guide to getting booked on successful podcasts and sharing your message by learning from top pod Podmatch guest members. When Alex Sanfilippo asked you to contribute to that, did you consider saying no? Not for a second. That, that, that was an <laughs> honor to be asked to be a part of that. And Oh my God, Alex is amazing. Yeah, that was a great project to be a part of. And it's funny how I did almost miss it. If you <gasps> if you pick up the book, I'm chapter uh -huh. 15. 
and there was mm-hmm. only 16 chapters. 16. And yeah. I actually, when I went in, when I finally, as, because I knew when I first got the initial invite, I knew I was going to do it, but I didn't think about, well, I've got to jump on this today. If they're only asking mm-hmm. a few people, well, they're asking enough mm-hmm. to make sure that there was, they were filling up the book. I went in, I was going to contribute to both books because there's a pod match host yeah. mastery book as well. And when I jumped yeah. in, said well our host mastery is filled we still have two spots left for the cat i was like okay i'm i'm in now <laughs> so i submitted my info to get in like, oh procrastinate procrastination almost almost cost me that opportunity but i will say mike capuzzi oh. who runs a company called bite-sized books i i've had him on my podcast did a phenomenal job facilitating that project for all of us and give everybody a synopsis what they did with each book is bring together 16 different pod match members that are contributing to the community and just doing great things with the platform to share their thoughts about what they believe pod match can do for someone that's looking to mm. become a great guest or become a great host or both. So it really allows you to maximize that platform and get the very most from it. And when you mm. go through the book, what's great about it is we were all asked the same questions and every one of us had varying viewpoints of how we've leverage that platform in success mm-hmm. to have success in our own brand building initiatives. So yeah, it's great to see all of those thoughts and all of that insight come together in one very easy to read book. And yeah, it, I guess it's, it's a great read for anybody that's looking to get into this space. And like I said, I'm on chapter 15. I think page 122 is where it starts for me. There, there it is for the, Vi- for, visual for audience watching. yeah sorry yeah for the listeners but i'm holding up the guest mastery book and i've got the host mastery book right here too. very good so yeah they are both excellent yeah highly recommend and as you know because we already mentioned earlier uh jason and i both highly recommend joining or applying for pod match absolutely because you do have to go through a little application process to be a, a host or a guest yeah yeah that or for the host side or the guest side that was one yeah. thing that really stood out for me about pod match when i first signed up was the amount of detail that i needed to provide it told me that this was serious and that's yes. really what I was looking for because many do a very quick, give us your name and your quick bio and a photo and you're in. And this was way yeah. more in depth because they yeah. are trying to build something where you are connecting with the right people, whether right. you're a host or a guest or doing both. They want to make sure that you're having the best experience that, like I said, to me, that was what really sold it for me was just the fact yeah. that I had to take a little time and, and be deliberate about what I was submitting. Yeah. Good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, it's excellent. All right. And so we said earlier, you work with coaches and consultants. Mm -hmm. Do you work with any specific kinds of coaches and consultants? And can you tell us a little about the process that you do with them and how listeners can find you to work with you? I I appreciate that, Kelly. I mean, it really depends on what you're into. I don't have like a specific coach. And as I mentioned at the beginning, when you had said how niche this is, that's where I was, I was like, is there a specific coach or a specific consultant that I should be niching into? And right now the messages or the answer is no. Right now it's if you're a coach or consultant and you have a valuable message to bring to the world, but you need a stage on which to let that message blow up and have more mm-hmm. people find it. Let me show you how to do it through podcasting because I think awesome. we'll be able to work together in a powerful way. So the process really comes down to I, I don't do anything without a discussion first. You can't just go on my website and buy into this. We need to talk. I need yeah. to learn a little bit more about who you are and what you're looking to accomplish because maybe 
this doesn't make sense for you. Not saying that it won't, but I want to understand what your mindset is and where you feel you need to get to and if podcasting can get you there. So mm-hmm. basically there's two options. I have a program that we can start that involves intensive training to get you ready to be a podcast guest and also assistance with finding the right shows to be a part of. Like we talked about throughout this episode, finding the right shows is what it's all about. That's where your message is going to be heard. And the networking component that's built in is going to serve you best. So having that Mm -hmm. training of the fundamentals on the front end, even if you're experienced in podcast guesting, I want to know a little bit more about what you've learned, what's worked and what hasn't. And then we can tweak a few things. Make sure you have all the ninja strategies so you can truly excel. And then we work together to find these shows and get you booked and make sure that powerful communication is taking place. But we stay in contact, too. This isn't just I'm going to be over here booking shows for you. No, this is we are going to work together and build strategy so you get the most from each of these appearances. So that Mm -hmm. program is a six month or a 12 month. You can go either way. And then if the six month works, you want to keep going. Just keep adding on. If you want to start a little smaller and maybe take a more DIY approach, I offer breakthrough strategy sessions and we work together in in either a two hour, four hour or eight hour window to really dig in to what you want to accomplish. And when you're done with that call, you're leaving with uh, an elevated expertise in how to be a better podcast guest, but also with a few tools that you can use to find better guest appearances. So we're going to work on your presentation. I'm going to build you a one sheet that is designed to convert into appearances for you. Make sure your profiles are tight. If you're using PodMatch, make sure that it's giving the information that people need to read so you can get those appearances. And to, that sounds, oh, sorry. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, to, to me, the, the, the thoroughness that I've built into these is really what sets it apart from what a lot of other people are doing out there. And the ability to work together and to have someone that has almost a decade's worth of experience in the space is really something that could be something that puts you on the cutting edge. I love how collaborative it sounds and how hands-on, you know, it sounds like if the client wants you to, you do so much of the work for them. So that sounds really amazing. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, for me, it's, it's not this like, let's fire off a bunch of recommendations. I like taking that approach of making a phone call and, yeah. and or, or at least trying to set up a call. Hey, I, I'm working with someone and we found your show. We see value in it, but we want to make sure it works for you as well. Can we set up yeah. a time to talk? That's my approach. I, I wouldn't just, hey, okay, I've got this one sheet. What do you think? Like, no, like, let's take this right. another step further. So, yeah, that's a big part of it. And as I mentioned, building a big vetted directory of podcasts is something that I feel mm-hmm. is going to be a nice tool to have. Absolutely. We'll That's excellent. Well, one right. thing I didn't say, I mean, if, if people do want to learn more, start with enhanceyourauthority.com. That's okay. going to connect you to my website, but it's going to put you on a page where you can pick up a guide that I put together. It's called the Absolute Guide to Authority Enhancement. It's all about learning the foundational steps to being a valuable podcast guest. Awesome. So pick that up. And when you do, you'll also have access to weekly training videos and strategy videos mm-hmm. that I do only for my community. And wow. since you'll be on my site, you can kindly remove your shoes and grab a cold beverage from the fridge and have a look around and maybe find something that helps you make your next big breakthrough. Thank you so much for that. I recommend that they watch the video about who is Jason Sircone. 
Yes. So that was fun. I have a question from that video based on that video. Okay. One last question. So best ending to a TV show, Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad? Oh, boy. <laughs> impossible. Impossible <laughs> to answer, isn't it? Man, well, it's funny because I'm going to go with Breaking Bad because what I loved about Better Call Saul is the fact that it tied that story together so perfectly and it made oh. all of those holes that you may have had when Breaking Bad ended, which weren't, weren't many. No. They really did tie right. up, but then they made like the plot especially in that last season of better call Saul, yes. all of these things started to come together. And then you make these, you ask these questions. And the one that really blew my mind was when you're watching breaking bad and Walter and Jesse take Saul out to the, they're going to shoot him <gasps> in the desert. And when they put him down yes. on the ground, he says, he, he brings up, uh, what's his name? Um, the, the big villain in, uh, fuel, a villain, not, not um, the, the the Salamanca. It's not yes. Not, not Hector. Hector. No, not Hector. No. Oh. The not Tuco either. His other nephew, the one that came in, probably halfway Crazy through. Eight? No. You no. Oh shoot. Why can't I think of who I it was? I can't. Oh I man, this is gonna bug me now. Anyway. Yeah. Now we're gonna have to go look it up. Yeah. But that they he says his name, but you never saw his character on the show, and I never even yeah. made that connection until they showed that. Like holy crap. They did yeah. such a good job. The only I, I've said this in conversations, the only entity that I've ever seen do better running a prequel and a sequel at the same time was Godfather two. Oh, okay. And I'm sure there are other better, things better. I, I, I honestly, <laughs> I mean, as a huge fan of the mafia genre, it's hard for me to say this, but I think better call Saul and breaking bad did it better. That story was so engrossing. Like I remember, Breaking Bad, probably shouldn't have brought this up because now we're going to go for another hour. <laughs> I was behind on Breaking Bad. And I remember when I my friend told me, he's like, I can't believe you're not watching this show. You, you have to watch it. And I was over at his house. He said, where are you? And he threw it. He's like, you got to watch your first episode. I guarantee you're going to be hooked. And he was right. I was like, wow. So I ended up going home and started binge watching the next season. And so when I got caught up was right when the final eight episodes were starting live. So oh my goodness. Those last eight episodes, and especially in the shootout in the desert yes. with Hank oh and God. Gomez. And yep. I remember sitting there just so entrenched when the ended and the credits came up, I almost jumped. I think I did jump. I was just so I was just so entrenched in that story. Yeah. And when Better Call Saul started, I remember thinking, this is a little slow. It's still good. Yeah. But yeah, it was slow for a while. And but it needed to be. Yeah. When you really think about it, it needed to be slow because it couldn't, there was so much that had to unfold and you had to see because at that time, life was a lot more calm. Mm -hmm. There wasn't, the, I mean, no one knew about the big meth empire that was being built underground. No one, right. no one had the rogue school teacher that was going off in an RV. Like there was all these things that had to come together. And right. oh man, well, what a what a powerful it story! I'm gonna have to go binge both of those now. Just to <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> just when I when you mentioned those in the video, it's like, oh my gosh, now I'm even happier that I'm interviewing him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, love that show. Oh, both both yeah. those shows, phenomenal. Shows. Yeah, yeah, just 
perfect. Just perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you. This was amazing. All the information that you shared and just awesome. You provided amazing value for my listeners. Um, Thank you so much. You're so welcome, Kelly. I appreciate the opportunity to join you and do just that. That's my mission. Anytime I'm joining somebody to collaborate and I'll leave one last message for your audience. If you haven't done so already, jump over to Apple Podcasts and leave a quick rating and review for Kelly's show because she's doing a lot to cultivate this content and it helps with more people finding the show. But it's also great to hear feedback from great listeners like you because that helps us continue to build our show and make it the very best. So take a minute, let her know how she's doing. I know she'll appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And we didn't talk about your podcast, Evolution Mm. of Brand. I will put that link in the show notes. Y'all go do the same. Check out Jason's podcast and leave a review there too, please. Much appreciated. Absolutely. (laughs) 